son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Hello and welcome to the Buckets and Tea NBA show. I'm your host, Catherine Niker. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. Today, I have for you a very special guest. He was on Confederacy of Dunks Wednesday. (laughs) We did not do that on purpose, but I love him so much. Uh, He hosts the extremely mid-range NBA show as well. He's the host of the Canadian Baking Show. It's Alan Shane Lewis. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? You know, I'm fresh off of a red eye flight. <laughs> <laughs> I feel anything but fresh right now. I can hear uh, a little in your voice. I could feel the little strain there. Really? Yeah, <laughs> it's rough, man. Like I don't know why I thought I could pull that off. Like <laughs> You, I was you like, think yeah, you can. You, you know? think you can. Like, I'm like, I'm going to sleep on the plane because coming back from L.A., you like lose a day mm-hmm. if you fly back during the day with the time difference. So I was like, yeah, like I'll do the red eye. I even like splurged and got myself some leg room because I'm a tall girl. I need that leg room. And then this like kid was like kicking the back of my chair and i was like at one point i was like mid sleep and i thought speaking of mid i was mid sleep (laughs) and i thought it was like turbulence i thought we were going through actual turbulence (laughs) and i started thinking about the show lost when like the back of the plane Like, oh, Lord, we're going down. And you just see this little <laughs> snot-nosed kid just kicking away. Yeah, it was seat. just this kid kicking me. And then I don't know if this has happened to anybody else, but I was sitting next to, like, the emergency, like, exit door. That's how I got, like, my, my leg room. And it was, like, there was, like, water dripping on me, like, through the door. Like, not even, like, a lot, like a pool of water. Like, my clothes were wet. What? And then they were, and then, and then I like was like trying to wave down the flight attendant, and he just like gave me some napkins and kept it moving. Okay, who'd you fly with? Who'd you fly with? I flew with Air Canada. Air Canada, Canada. there's the answer. God damn it. I hate that. So, so you know, much. Between I'm so all, sorry. That's fine. You know, not every flight's a winner, but, uh, you know, we made it back. Uh, I didn't lose my luggage, so that was nice. And, uh, you know, I had a great time in L.A. I saw the band O-Town. <laughs> Isn't that, that song? Not why I went. <laughs> 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 just to be clear, I didn't fly all the way to LA just, just to straight see O-Town. for O Town. Was it Come My Lady? Come, come. No, Eva that's Shook. a different which, band. Which was O Town? Different boy band. They were in the show Making the Band. Oh, was it? Wait, Making. And then they did that, like, how they, there's a song called All or Nothing at All. I can't, I can't sing it for you. But they're an early 2000s boy band. And I was with my friend Heidi. Shout out to Heidi. And she's like obsessed with like every boy band that's ever existed. And she was like, we got to go see O-Town. And we did. And they were like on this really tiny stage. It was like a stage meant for like indie 
rock bands and uh but they like were still doing the choreography like you know like their their voices sounded really good like i think they're like you know trying to do that like nostalgic comeback thing you know how like every band from like 20 years ago i always feel like it's a 20-year cycle when bands try to like do comebacks like that time to come back yeah they're on that train and we were like i don't know if i had just like so many white wines or what but i was just like i was so into it and then i like bought a t-shirt and got a wristband and got like my photo taken with them i never downloaded their music or anything in my life but i was like yeah it's o-town you know it was it was very funny I, I just found out the song that I know them of, uh, Liquid Dreams. Oh, now. yeah, that's what it's called, Liquid Dreams. They Did opened you scream with that. when they said the, the Janet Jackson, I like a girl who picks a Destiny's Child, just a little bit of a Donna's Wild Side with Janet Jack. Jackson's Wild. Yeah, I did. I lost it because I forgot that was even a lyric. I forgot that. But for people who don't know, I'm obsessed with Janet Jackson. She's like my all-time fave from childhood. So, yeah, yeah. I, I wore one of my Janet Jackson t-shirts in LA and this, and this woman at the grocery store was like, she's my era. She's my era. I love her. And I'm like, I love her too. We, we both can do that. We, we, we're, both we're both allowed <laughs> To love her. I don't know why she got competitive with me. Gatekeeping Jenna Jackson LA fans. Wow. I never yeah. had that on my bingo card for O Town trip. <laughs> <laughs> One, uh, I'll tell you another quick uh, LA story and then we'll get into basketball. But I feel like you'll appreciate this because uh, Ellen and I are both uh, stand up comedians and Ellen also does improv and stuff. And I, I did the show at this like brewery there. And LA is full of like people who are like actual comedians, but also like actors who are just like trying to be on a stage and be seen, you know? And this one guy goes up on stage and he's like, I've got big news. I just got cast in the background. <laughs> of a show and naked <laughs> he didn't say the name of the show but he said his title was background nude <laughs> and he was just really excited about and he that was, he was thrilled he was hey. absolutely thrilled and i was uh, just like wow like you know la hits different time, time, yeah well, times are LA rough out different. here you just got to be out here doing nude background and celebrating that uh, to strangers at a comedy show, I think that's the appropriate place to yeah. to celebrate that. I you, guess you just you just don't see that in Toronto. You know what no. I mean? You just don't see that here. Somebody would clown you. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I right. think here it's like you have to you have to be funny. Like yeah. it's just you're only going to go so far if you're not legitimately funny. But I think there it's all like, you know, I'm trying to be seen. I'm trying to be noticed. Yeah, I'm out here, you know, just yeah. just cast as Jimmy Fallon's seat in the background of the commercial. I don't even know. I'm just kind of just straightly. <laughs> it's a different world. It's a different world. It sounds like a decent credit, the one you were making. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, it's mine. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into some NBA Ooh. basketball. Uh, we always do NBA first, then we get into Raptors. There's going to be lots of Raptors stuff, too. Uh, so I was reading this very interesting article about teams that are kind of in a what we'd like to call a perplexing situation right now, where we predicted them to be bigger winners than they currently are. And looking at them and thinking, like, what could we do? Can we do anything to uh, to boost them up? So there's four teams I've got listed here. Let's see how long it takes us to get through these teams. Uh, we've got the Miami Heat. We've got the Golden State Warriors. We've got the Minnesota Timberwolves. And we've got the Chicago Bulls. I think these four teams are 
in a situation where we thought they would be maybe not so much the Bulls, but I think a lot of us predicted them to be much higher in the playoff bracket than they are. Some of them, you know, teetering with play-ins at the moment. Uh, it's not looking good. Um, let's start with Miami. We got to see them earlier this week uh, with Kyle returning back to Toronto. Um, my opinion is, is that I just think the supporting cast of this team just isn't showing up as well as they were in years past. And I'm not sure what they can do because I'm not sure if Duncan Robinson is really even tradable at this point. You know, they kind of lost PJ Tucker and he only hung out for a bit. I, you know, Tyler Hero is there. Um, I'm never going to shade on Kyle. And I, you know, it's <laughs> definitely not happening on Raptors Republic. Um, but Alan, what do, you, what do you think of the Heat? What do you think they could do? Uh, well, I think it is time for a trade. I think a lot of times when it comes to off-season moves it's not also about just kind of keeping the courts about kind of reloading because everyone's getting better that's just kind of the nature of the nba season uh teams progressing and when you look at the kind of the the, the, the two two-fold rosters where you have uh winning things going on there like with your starters and then also kind of bringing up your young guys i don't really kind of see that with uh miami so those guys aren't getting those minutes those guys those are they're not logging you have caleb martin can be pushed into the uh to the starting lineup to start the season, but there's also a lot of inconsistencies with injuries too, as well. So mm-hmm. I remember there's just one game right there. I think only Kyle Lowry was the the only starter out there, and it was a bunch of just like young guys, which seems to be kind of a um, a wide a league wide kind of uh, yeah. thing. Well, hey, we see. we won a game against uh, the Dallas Mavericks that way once. Remember? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was like Kyle and like practically our G League team, and we staged that epic comeback. A huge comeback! Oof, I'm excited for that to happen this Saturday when uh, Luca beats whatever we have out there. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just you know the Miami Heat. I, it, I've I've said this before in in my, my show too as well. It does feel like there is a uh, singularity moment kind of happening in the NBA. There's like a shift from the old guard to the new guards. These young teams aren't afraid of uh, these colossal giants that are the people that we've kind of bestowed upon as colossal giants in the league. And mm-hmm. they're they're circling these games and they're smacking them. And like you know Jimmy Butler, I've always said he's either the greatest uh, superstar or the the worst superstar or the best regular player. Like he's just always in that era because he kind of cycles between oh I'm going to give you 30, but in this game yeah. you're not going to see me until 10. And I'm not sold on Bam at a bio. I know this might be the Raptor fan in me. It's just like <laughs> I think they were overreaching this past couple of years, especially in two, uh, 2020 when they made the NBA finals. And this is kind of what we're going to see from them. They're they're probably going to be a playing team or maybe, you know, fifth uh, our highest fifth so i'm not shocked by any of this uh they're probably going to try to make some moves i feel like i saw some um uh speakings of um russell westbrook which you know that would invigorate oh, your wow. second unit um but i don't know what you do with tyler hero do you kind of shift him into the starting lineup i think he should be in the starting lineup to be honest i i know kind of giving him the hulk smash pass where you just like go out there and just shoot your threes do your thing but yeah i don't know they, they're, they're definitely going to need to make a move uh, during the season yeah, that's super interesting. I mean, I don't know about Westbrook at this point on any team, but I think, you know, one thing I was thinking about with the Heat is that, like, obviously they're like a free agency destination, but I feel like not relying on your development, this is where it hurts, hmm. right? Because you don't have those other guys to pull from. And I think it's like that's kind of the downside to just relying on being that free agency team. And the thing is, is that like when, you know, when we had LeBron and Wade and Bosch come together, that was such a juggernaut. 
Like, I don't think we're ever going to see that again. And I don't know really what Miami's plan was. Like, oh, yeah, like, I mean, obviously we know what their plan was. It's Jimmy, it's Kyle, it's Bam. But, you know, you need more people beyond that because they aren't LeBron James, you know? And and I just don't know. It's weird because they were so close to being in the NBA Finals, right? Like, they were so close. And I really wasn't expecting this downfall with this team so fast. But I think they're going to be hitting the panic button for sure. And uh, that would be so wild if they made a Westbrook move. Like, that would just be so crazy. I think cleaning up off, like, waivers. I think that would be the – that was what they were talking about in the the rumblings. Because, yeah, trade-wise, I think – um, Russell Westbrook's contract is pretty huge it's and disgusting. Too, yeah. So I don't see how you could shift that many assets to kind of uh, compensate or average out on that on those numbers. Oh my but. god, that none of that even occurred to me. Although I don't hate Lowry on the Lakers. Yeah. Not oh. that this. Not that we were going to get this deep into a rabbit hole of speculation here, but yeah, I I don't hate that at all yeah. for them. It but, should have happened a long time ago, to be honest. Lowry would have been the perfect uh, point guard for LeBron James and uh, Anthony Davis. I think that's exactly what they needed. Someone to just to score those late quarter threes or late game threes and defend on the other end or, you know, and just be competitive and do exactly what they need and supplement all the different ways and kind of bolster down their defense. Because mm-hmm. he ain't yeah, getting right. that from Patrick Beverly. <laughs> He's just bulldozing people like just usual. Going nuts, man. Oh my god. I mean, it was like usually usually when when uh somebody like shoves a player like that, it's shocking. And then when Pat Bev did it, I was just like, Oh, that's him again. Uh, you know what I mean? It was yeah. a real eye roll. It wasn't even like, oh my god, what a juicy topic. It was just an eye roll for me. And he didn't even fully like knock him over. It was just like a uh, oh oh I just don't want to step on this player, so I guess I'll just fall. Like it was just like a <laughs> lot of effort for like minimal for, like get get back. It wasn't I don't know. The no, whole Lakers think... Suns thing is strange. <laughs> that beat. Yeah. I mean, I really feel like do you think okay, this is so silly of me to say, but do you think Pat Bev just does it for attention? I think a lot of what he does is for attention. He has to. He can't show you what he does on the box score he has to show you through other ways and if he's known as a guy who's like wow he's invigorated the team with one minute left even though you're down 12 points to the suns like that becomes something he, he get, becomes that aim he's like oh he's tough as nails look at this guy he he increases the tens- the intensity as soon as he's on the court but he's out here kind of hurting people and whatnot i don't know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just never i don't know i'm not i'm not i'm not, I'm not, I'm not a, i don't hate pat bev uh i don't defend pat bev he I, he is i just know he exists and i know what he is you know like i just <laughs> accept that i uh yeah i mean i think i went through a phase where i definitely hated him uh and now i feel like i'm kind of over him yeah that's that's how i feel i went from hate to just being over it yeah it's like one of those things where if you give it more attention it's gonna keep going so you go like all right i'll just let you tire yourself out and then uh, when you're ready to come play big boy basketball, <laughs> you know, get more than one three every 10 games, then then we'll talk. But after that. Yeah. Um, OK, let's talk about the Chicago Bulls, because I, you know, I wasn't expecting this team to necessarily come into the season and be good. But I maybe it's because we all love DeRozan so much. I am a little disappointed that they're not doing as well as maybe we could have hoped that they would. I mean, obviously like the Lonzo ball situation is pretty not good. Um, 
there doesn't there's no timetable for his return right now and you know it's really it been DeRozan Zach Levine when he's healthy and you you're not getting a lot from Vucevic and I also don't know what this team does I mean I feel like they can play the injury card and just keep believing in themselves and you know DeRozan's gonna win a few games for you throughout the regular season I feel like they're in this weird like danger zone where it's like easy to keep convincing yourself that everything's cool. Yeah. And it's, you know, this is going to be a first round exit at best team once again. Yeah. I think you, you, you nailed it right on the head there. It's that's what it's going to be. They're in that, that dangerous area where it's like basketball purgatory where um, <laughs> yeah. you're not great. So you're not going to get a lot of playoff action or, you know, May, June uh, basketball but you're not bad that you're not going to get a draft pick. That's kind of like, okay, this might fundamentally change the outlooks on next season. They're just in that middle area where you're just going to keep getting a, the 20th pick. You know, as Raptor fans, we've been there. We've, we've been the <laughs> we gambit had a lot of, all of 20th the, picks. A lot of Joey Grahams out there. <laughs> who are just like, is this person good? I think they're good. Maybe they're starting lineup. Okay, they're not starting lineup. Like, it's just a lot of that. But I think a lot of it has to do, once again, injuries. You know, you're mm-hmm. seeing Zach Levine just try to come back, get his legs, and he had a really poor performance, but he had a good bounce back the next game after that. Um, they're finally getting Patrick Williams on the team. And, you know, Lonzo Ball. Like, I, I'm so, it sucks that the Ball brothers can't get on the court there because I think they play some really interesting basketball that could, you know, revolutionize the uh, this whole big guard. I'm ready for the big guard era. You know, Cade's kind of bringing that in too. But yeah, it's hard to have any type of consistency when – you don't have consistency. You can't really build anything if you kind of keep switching up the players and you're forcing DeRozan to kind of carry you through all these games because he's doing it. He's doing great jobs. Uh, that win against uh, the Celtics was actually really good. Um, but, yeah, it's hard. Um, and I have a lot of Bulls fans on my uh, my Twitter feed, so I get to see just how like heartbreaking it is for them and how much they actually truly believe in it. It's like a lot of pain. I'm, like, I'm getting like secondhand pain. <laughs> Just like watching it, I'm like, oof, this is this is cope. This is levels of cope. See, I know what the kids are saying. They say cope now. Uh, <laughs> levels of cope. Yeah, like copium. I don't know. I don't know exactly what it means. I can't give you the Co- definition. I just thought it was coping. Yeah, it's like coping, but they call it like but copium. Just, oh I don't know how God. they use it exactly. I think I think I'm saying it the right way. But it, it feels like a lot of copium going on. It makes just... me feel old when you say the kids are saying because I'm older <laughs> than you. It's these kids. But that's and I'm not thing. out here being all like, holy jeepers. You know, like I'm not saying like some Try, old timey slang. Trying to keep up makes me feel older. Like the fact that yeah. I'm seeing it, like a lot of my because uh, I follow uh, NBA. I follow basketball. I follow different like um, ha- trending hashtags of the sport. And I get so much just pure garbage a lot of garbage from these like because like every year a new terrible nba fan is born and finds themselves on the internet and they're just like going at it and i don't try to comment on it i just kind of see them go back and forth and try to tear each other down for just choosing a team to like you can't keep up you just gotta own the millennial that you are you know what i mean like like look at look at bill simmons he doesn't try to keep up with anyone he's still playing pearl jam (laughs) (laughs) yeah just having his podcast where he gets his friends on to only talk about the movies he loves. I would love to do that too. Yeah, well. right. Get paid big bucks as well. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> we just gotta, you just, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying now, but. 
right now a millennial has turned or not even a, a gen z has turned off this podcast going like what they're not saying cope right and they're oh, just God. angry at us <laughs> listen you're not wrong but <laughs> we'll move on i also want to talk about the minnesota timberwolves yes. um this is like one of those like we saw the disaster happening you know we saw the car crash before the cars hit um but here we are and you know surprise surprise carl anthony towns and rudy gobert aren't really able to share the court together and you know we're looking at this team like what do they do i mean i have a okay i have a lot of opinions on this but i want to let you jump in here what do you think of the timberwolves um going into this i was um you know that tyra banks meme like i was rooting for you like that's yes. how I see this is what Rudy I mean. Gobert. Be a millennial. Be a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> Next top model. Um, uh, I I yeah, I was rooting for Rudy Gobert. I wanted him to beat the meme allegations. I wanted him to become because he did well uh in Eurobasket. He did a he did a fine job. And him in a new situation. Uh, I didn't think it was really gonna work out. I was like, well, let's see. And exactly what we all thought. You can't really have Rudy Gobert out there on the offensive end because their their offensive rating goes down. But the defensive rating goes up when he's on there. So you have to make these like weird concessions of like when do we have him on the court with uh, all these other players? And it's it would be perfect if basketball was like football where you had offense and defense of separate units. He would be so good. He would be one of the best defenders out there. But unfortunately, he's out there for forty eight or whatever minutes he's on there. And Anthony Edwards is like rejecting him like a I don't know like a a white blood cell and some type of foreign bacteria. <laughs> he just does not appreciate that. There's like serious moments where he's got hands on hips. He's like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, participating in this, uh, uh, this offense. Cause this ball's not coming to me and I'm not going to throw the ball to him. And it's like another player who doesn't want to pass the ball to Rudy Gobert. And you want to say like, well, what's the common denominator and all this. Right. But I, here's one thing that I'm, I'm noticing. No one's giving any hate to D'Angelo Russell, one of his worst seasons. And mm-hmm. he he is stopping the flow of basketball in transition. He's really slow. He's a lot of, but lot of dribbling going on there. And he's escaping all this because Rudy Gobert, once again, he is like a long antenna. He's getting all of the electricity strikes from all of uh, Twitter and uh, mm-hmm. all these beat reporters and stuff like that. And that's actually one of the bigger issues, too, with that team. I'm, I'm so sorry for, um oh, the coach, um the Raptors coach. Um Chris Finch. Finch. Yeah, Chris Finch. Because I, I would like to see if it works out, you know, like, you know, another another disciple of Nick Nurse kind of falling uh, on the sword of a, the bad, of a bad Yeah, his coaching tree is not doing well. Yeah, you can't you try to steal the sauce. But you know what? The sauce was back in Toronto. That's the sauce. It's Nick Nurse. All right. You can't take away. <laughs> you can get the ingredients. But trust me, it's not going to taste the same. Um, but yeah, I, I saw some weird stat where the best lineup that they had of Minnesota was a, a lineup there. Uh, is Anthony Edwards and a bunch of just like uh, like Nas Reed and uh, uh, Novell and all these different guys where the ball was just like free flowing. It had no agenda and it was just moving around. And that's where they played their best basketball. And unfortunately, it's not through Cat. And I think Cat needs to go. All right. This is not his forever team. Find him a new home. And I don't know. Come to the Raptors. We'll love you. <laughs> come to the Raptors. That's interesting. I'll take him. I mean, you know what? Like, I, I'll i say this. Like, first of all, I completely agree with everything you said. And I think Rudy Gobert individually has had, like, a decent season uh, despite everything. And I think, like, you know what? Like, we we talk about championship DNA. And I think the same is true for the opposite. And, like, <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns was drafted in 2015. You can't be on a losing team for the first seven years of your career and then just suddenly know how to win. 
Yeah. Like it just doesn't work that way. And I think like I get so frustrated when I read these articles where people are like, yeah, like they're not used to like people coming at them and ready to play them. And it's like, you've been in this league for seven years or more than seven years. And now it's like now suddenly people are coming for you. You can't just adjust like that. You do need to move on. You do need to be in a new culture, I think, to learn how to win. And I don't know if like the same thing is going to ha- happen with Anthony Edwards. Like, I, you know, he seems like he's cut differently, but it, it's just like I just don't know what Minnesota could do because Rudy Gobert isn't he isn't championship DNA. Right, like he's a he good player, be. but he not yet, not yet, you just not yet. Yeah, and, not and yet, so I, yet. I just feel like I, like I understood the intention, but the execution is just it's not there, and I don't think the Timberwolves have the guts to to move from towns. No, I don't. I don't think they have the guts to do it, but I think you could make a very good case for doing so. Yeah. I, I like I think a lot of times if people are the first options and second options on these really bad teams, it's like, to be honest, if you want to be successful, you shouldn't be a first or second option. Like, I think Carl Anthony Towns might work best as a third option, just somebody who's going to give you like 15 here and there. But the times he can when he when you're allowed to let him go do some home cooking or do some cooking, uh, he goes in there and he gives you those points. He gives you those production minutes. But at the same time, he's just kind of doing his role, setting the screens, getting those rebounds and starting off breaks. Because asking him to just like do the Chris Bosh method every single time where the ball moves, 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 and now you're in the corner by yourself and now it's one-on-one versus another big, that slows down the offense. It, it really it, like And basketball now, all the most successful teams, you, you look at them, they're all young teams who are moving the ball very quickly and they're constantly attacking uh, defenses. Like it's a very aggressive type of offense where they're going, oh, that person over there, we're going to keep moving the ball until we get uh, our desired matchup and then we're going to go right into the bucket. And if you collapse, boom, we're kicked out three. And that's just how it's going to be. And you can't have these kind of stagnant one-on-one uh, moves anymore because teams can prepare for that. They can easily prepare for that. They can overload on one side and just challenge you and dare you to shoot threes where where, where you don't want to shoot those threes, you know? And when you have a player like Rudy Gobert just kind of roaming the court too as well, people can just kind of sag off. But you that, but that's the whole point of Rudy Gobert. Anytime somebody sags off on him, that's when the lobs seem to come. But this team does not trust each other. They do not trust each other. Yeah. And talking about each other's like food diets and what they're eating like in the interviews is probably not going to help it. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, as they say, the vibes are not immaculate. <laughs> 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 in See, minnesota gen z came back he's like wait a minute <laughs> no, I someone say vibes? Just saying that. no i mean i say vibes but i don't know if i say immaculate we've been but... saying vibes though from time i feel like yeah that's, yeah. that's, we, that's we our can, phrase we we're allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> look at us having just like an existential crisis <laughs> basketball will do that sometimes you know <laughs> Yeah, sharing basketball with the youth you know we'll we're like that. this guy's washed and then it's like oh wait i mean you're older than that guy <laughs> that's, that's that, where we're at that's that was a, the, that's, that's the what basketball is like in your 30s you're just like oh that guy's washed wait a second like oh my gosh not a lot of 80s on this team everyone's born in the 90s and 2000s yeah. oh i don't like that yeah yeah like, it's always weird to see people born in the 2000s just uh, fully adulting there, there was somebody there's someone just put it out there there was somebody who was born before lebron james or after lebron james plays his first game in the nba and he's like on the detroit so yeah so he was born in 2003 yeah 
Get yeah, fucked, dude. Get <laughs> fucked. Am I allowed to swear? I'm so sorry. Yes, you can yeah. swear. Get <laughs> fucked <laughs> with your little shit self, young and exceeding and living your dreams at that age, like multiple years after 9-11 out here on the court. Get out of here. I reject that and all it stands for. Oh, my God. A few weeks ago, I was getting really upset that um, the Utah Jazz head coach, Will Hardy, is only 34 years old. Oh, I didn't know that. And now we've just taken this to another level. I'm hoping for a Jeff Saturday moment where, like, somebody calls me up to go, like, Alan, I know you've only coached, like, a couple kids when they're, like, in high school, but we want you to to take over this NBA franchise with your ideas. We've monitored all the plays and moves you've done in NBA 2K throughout the years. Oh, my God. That, that could be the next uh, Adam Sandler basketball comedy <laughs> movie. Yeah. Are um, you hearing this, Mr. Sandler? I'm ready to executive <laughs> produce this with you. <laughs> um, I uh, remember how he was in Toronto all summer. Yeah. I did this, like, very random, like, show it, it's not out yet but it was like comedians and making cocktails and stuff and we went to this like farm like i don't know somewhere north uh somewhere near belleville we went to this farm and we shot this whole thing and then they were like yeah we're gonna have this pa like drive you home and i was like cool and i'm talking to the pa she was adam sandler's assistant all summer long oh, i was like so you're cool. cooler than me like, I don't know why you're the one giving me a ride home i feel like we should switch <laughs> yeah you go in the back you tell me some stories yeah you tell I'll me drive. some stories <laughs> um anyway that's such a tangent but uh okay my, we've got my sorry. goal is to play at basketball with adam sandler basketball diplomacy i think that's it i'm like put me in your movies i could be the black guy uh you know you always need one let's do this figure it out um you would be so great in that and you have a very what i would consider like a very prominent very infamous video of you like dunking on demar Derozan. do you not Yes, yes. And I, I like to re-upload that every couple of months to make myself feel better and uh, deal with the levels of cope that I'm feeling, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, it's always good to fall back on, right? I don't have right? a video like that. I'm, I'm going to not... be the old man at the bar. Just be like, you ever see this one? You know, DeMar DeRozan of the 20s, of the, the 2020s? Of the, of, the 20, of, of the 2010s. 2010s. Yes, exactly. Of the 2010s. Oh, God. Of the 2010s. Uh, well, as our crisis continues, um, <laughs> talking talking about guys getting older, let's talk about the Golden State Warriors. Yes. So, Oof. you know, our reigning champs are not off to the best start right now. No, and no, no. things between, you know, kind of like their old school and new school lineup aren't doing so well. Uh, James Wiseman has been sent down to the G League. Um yeah, things are not looking great. I mean, obviously, like Clay Thompson and Draymond Green are not, you know, quite who they used to be, even though Steph Curry is having one of the best seasons of his entire career. So really weird stuff happening in Golden State right now. What what do you make of it? Um, yeah, uh, it, it's a lot of uh, these young guys aren't afraid of them. They're not afraid of them. I feel like those games are always circled and they're ready to go at them every single time. Uh, Clay is starting to kind of figure it out. Um, there's a lot of distrust. There's not a lot of unity as before. Like the way that the Warriors played basketball, like it was so reflective of like European, not even European soccer, like just soccer in general, just very tiki taka, like Joga Benito. Like they just knew where everyone's going to be, like one touch handoff passes. You're not seeing a lot of that going on right there. And maybe fighting a teammate at the beginning of the year may have disrupted unity in some ways. But um, 
also Jordan Poole's kind of not giving you all the, the 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 production that you expect of him. Um, the second best player on that team is Andrew Wiggins, and consistently mm-hmm. speaking. Uh, def- on the, and then on the defensive end, they're just absolutely not there at all. And they're giving away a lot of rebounds. And I don't know what you do. And you can blame James Wiseman all you want, but I don't think that was like really the issue with the with the team. When you have like a, a two-fold roster, once again, where you're kind of raising the young kids, but also trying to win games at the same time, you're not giving Kaminga and a lot of these guys a lot of minutes. And Dante DiVincenzo was not the saver that they thought he was. And yeah, and Draymond Green, you know, as as well as he is to hold down these a lot of these big men and like defensively, he is he's getting up there. He's got a little gray in his beard too as well. So he's not moving as well on these these pick and rolls and they're getting exposed so much. So their best defense is trying to outscore the team themselves. So they're losing these games by these like 130 to 120. So it's like it's just it's kind of wild to see. And um yeah, and but to, throughout all that, that that one thing, the constant that's kind of weathering the storm is Steph Curry, and uh, it it'd be a shame to kind of waste this type of electric season on mm-hmm. a play-in game that doesn't uh, go their way potentially. But um, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a champion come back this next season without having like major uh, personnel shifts and struggle like this. So. It is something interesting to watch, but also like the Western Conference is like it's so tight right now. Like I, I, I even though it is kind of like a quarter way through, uh, like one through I think seven is like a, a a game between all of that. So yeah, it is early. They could kind of figure it out. And seeing Clay Thompson drop forty one, I think it was really good for him to see that, and uh, for the rest of the NBA too as well, because people like uh, Mikael Bridges is going out there hitting threes and putting like that right in his face. Like people are coming at him. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, it seems like yeah, a wounded champion or a wounded warrior just out there, and people are like, oh, it's time to feast now because you were feasting on, the, on us for like the past like ten years. Yeah, it's so funny that to me that like like the the Suns Warriors kind of have this like rivalry yeah. because it's like it's like the Suns are just mad at them because they weren't where they were supposed to be. Yeah, and Golden State kind of like took their place. <laughs> it wasn't necessarily because like they battled. And so that's like super weird to me. But anyway, um, I yeah, I completely agree with you. And I think like to me, you know, like when like a player signs like a big contract and then they kind of become a little lax to me, that's what this whole team feels like. Yeah. You know, obviously mine is Steph, but that's what the whole team feels like. And and I think, you know, not being a good defensive team, there's no excuse for it. Right. Like that's always the worst as a fan, because it's like to be a good defender, you have to just first and foremost, you have to want to be a good defender. Right. And and I feel like obviously these guys are very capable of defense and they're just not doing it. And you get to a point where it's like, well, I can't make you do it. You have to want it. And so I don't know what is going to bring them together. I don't know if that stupid punch by Draymond had anything to do with it. Um, I don't know what he's like, beyond that i mean that's just what we saw and sometimes i wonder like what is he like when when the cameras aren't around like what is he saying what is he doing yeah you know i I don't think it's like the cause i feel like it's a symptom of something else like even like seeing when he went up there and hailed lebron during the lakers warriors game and then you see um uh andre Iguodala do a hand motion which i don't think i'm gonna want to do here no but it just seems like oh it feels like they're the click that we all saw before maybe have graduated and gone to different things and it seems like they're all a little isolated in their own kind of 
I don't know, camaraderie. Like there's certain teams when you watch them play, you go, oh, that's a group of people that enjoy playing with each other. I see that in Portland. Uh, I see that in Sacramento. Uh, you don't really see it in these teams that are struggling. And maybe that's, I don't, I don't know if that's causality or if that's actually, um, we're seeing it because it's not actually happening, but it's, 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 it's apparent. It's apparent. And I don't think they're enjoying playing basketball with each other. Like it just doesn't feel that way. Yeah, I, I agree. And I don't know what exactly they do to turn that around. I don't know if it needs to be a personnel thing just yet. Like, I know there's a lot of people that think they should move on from Clay. They should move on from Draymond. I'm not necessarily saying they shouldn't, um, especially in Draymond's case, because he felt yeah. like such an offensive liability in that finals run last year. But um, yeah, I, I just feel like, I don't know. I feel like maybe it's Steph. Because I feel like he likes to lead by example. You know, I don't think he is much of a talker when it comes to these guys, but maybe he needs to, like, pull them aside and, like, get in people's faces a bit more. Yeah. It's it's true. Yeah, he is more of, like, a lead by, oh, I'm going to start doing night-night and doing all these little antics and the whole team starts <laughs> yeah. feeling that. And then Jordan Poole starts doing, like, weird stuff too as well. Um, yeah, it, it may be a vocal leader, but usually the vocal leader of that team is Dalla and you know, he is he is there, I want to say. I, I feel like I've seen him a couple of times, but um, I don't know. I feel yeah. like your vocal leader, not that your vocal leader needs to be your best player necessarily, but they need to be a, of a more significant role than hmm. Igudala is for this team at this stage of his career. Yeah. Like it's like a Haslam situation, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, like I, is Igudala going to be the next Haslam? I think so. Well, actually, this might be his last season if this is kind of like, um, where things are kind of going because uh, I think it was also a very like coin flip if he was going to come back this season for sure it was yeah so yeah, he should have retired honestly yeah retire and on a chip and I'm pretty sure he's only like two years older than me if that okay <laughs> like, now we have to Google Igudala's age and have another crisis yeah like he's giving he's he's giving old man vibes but I don't think he's an old man I think he is he's just... thirty eight. Okay, he's 30. Okay, yeah, 19. Okay, dang. Okay, 84. I guess, yeah, he's been around for a while. He was playing with Iverson. I'm just realizing this. Mm-hmm. He's the same age as LeBron. Yeah. But he's born in January and LeBron's December. So that's like weird because then it's like, well, that's practically a year. <laughs> so, okay, crisis averted. You feel better now? A lot better, actually. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this guy was running around there with 87, uh, 87 knees and I was like, Mm-mm, that's not good. <laughs> Is that what's going to happen in two years? Because they already kind of feel like that. It's crazy. I play one game, so much icing going on. It's I have a heat pad on my back, ice on my knees. I'm like got the bomb Voltaren going off. Like (laughs) not even a sponsorship for Voltaren. You just got to use it. Well, because is that because you're you're so athletic? Uh, I think it's because I didn't do anything for multiple years, like at all. Like this whole pandemic and a little bit before I wasn't doing anything. I was just kind of just sitting. I don't even go for walks and yeah. uh, trying to go from zero to like 80 uh, without, you know, doing the steps in between. My body was just like, what are you doing? Like, I can't even say my body was like betraying me. It was like responding in kind. It's like you didn't do anything to prepare us for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to shut down. You, might, you might be entering your stretching years. Yeah. Oh, I'm just <laughs> Yeah, stretching. I warm up. I cool down. There is a whole thing there. But at the end of the game, when everyone's still playing and I'm tired, I'm like, all right, you guys enjoy that last game. I can't do it. And I'm just getting out there. Yeah, I Ugh. think we need to call this show Old Man and the Two. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what we need. 
let's get the vino out. Let's start drinking the vino <laughs> and talking get, sports. Let's get the vino out. You know, uh, I, no, I, I, not I, a lot I, of sugar though. Not a lot of sugar. Like the, <laughs> yeah, like a, a low, a low sugar wine. Those are the worst. Um, but anyway, okay. So those are our four. I don't know. Perplexing teams. Very curious to see how they turn it around. Uh, and I'm going to keep my eye on them. Uh, Another NBA topic I wanted to do was predicting our scoring champion. So we're about a quarter in, and right now the top three scorers are Luka Doncic, uh, Shea Gilchrist Alexander, our homeboy, and Steph Curry. Uh, So I'm wondering, between those three, who do you think is going to take it home? Uh, It's got to be Luka. It's got to be Luka. Out of all those teams, I see – um moments where i think the ball or sugar will be shared a bunch i feel like steph curry's doing this out of necessity and he doesn't want to do this long run and okay. steph curry feels like you know it's not about the regular season it's about you know playoffs so i think he's just trying to do this to get his team kind of started uh shy i think it's just this stretch that he's been having has been really great and he's been kind of be consistent with that um i don't know if he can do that all season maybe he can and and this is finally him his, his show up year um, but Luca, the way his usage rate is and the way that the Mavs kind of don't even really want to use Christian Wood that much or anyone else can possibly score like the ball, like all the offense is Luca Doncic. It runs through him. So he's always just going to have the ball in his hands and he's young and he's all about these regular season stuff. And, uh, one day he'll figure it out that it's, you know, it's more than that. It's trying to get, you know, this, uh, extra basketball in the end of the year, but, the way he's kind of going and that tear that he kind of started off this season with these 40 point games, 30 point games, like over and over and over again, I think it's uh, his to lose. Yeah, no, I think that's a, a great point. And, you know, he's also very much in the MVP conversation. I would say an MVP lead right now. I don't know the last time someone won the scoring title and MVP Yeah, actually, but I think that's, you know, that it could very well happen for him this year. Um, personally, I'm rooting for Shay. Like I love him so yeah. much. And I, you know, I was saying in a previous episode, like, I feel like us Raptors fans should just try and get him into an all-star game. Like we should rally around this guy. He's definitely, <laughs> you know, cause he's on the Western conference. So it's not going to hurt our guys from getting in. And I just feel like he's really earned it. Like I hate how much he's just kind of been forced into this like losing tanking situation, but it, I love so much that he's been trying to win despite all of that. Yeah. And I would love to see him rewarded with that. Also, it would just be so funny that this team that's like supposedly going to tank has the scoring champion. Like that to me is like really funny if it happens. Mm. But I agree with you. It's probably going to be Luca. Um, and I think the Steph point that you made is also very important. Like, you know, he shouldn't be carrying this load all season long at this stage of his career talking about old legs but (laughs) (laughs) just another reason to have a crisis (laughs) yeah yeah no um the the whole shy thing it's yeah all these teams that wanted to tank and then seeing their team because it's the front office wants to tank it's not the players the players are like i'm gonna play out there and win so i'm ready to steal shy away from okc i feel like just the way uh, Balmer went to all our Raptor games, you know, send Bobby Webster and Masai out to OKC games. Let them sit there and just like poach this young man, show up to his house. You know, I don't know. He's doing a an, a car giveaway or he, you know, cuts the ribbon to some type of dealership. Someone should be there and, you know, with some binoculars, just like going out there and just talking to him and making him feel like, yo, be a Raptor. Come out here, you know, lead this team. Be, be a, a, I don't know, 
the Canada kid or whatever, whatever nickname we can come up with him. But kid I would Canada. Kid, it's right there. <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> Canada kid. Kid Canada. Dang. But yeah, let's go. Let's get Kid Canada going. I'm ready. KC. I'm ready for Shy to be the um the raptor that he's always supposed to be. And oh God, that would be amazing. Yeah. Don't waste it over there in OKC, your best years. Come on. Come on. I know. I agree with you. I completely yeah. agree. I think uh, I think I'd be a good agent. Come on, just join. Come on. Come on. What are you doing? What are you doing? All right, I, let's go. I think I'd be the worst agent. I don't have that. I don't have that personality. I don't have that sheen, you know. But uh, all right, we we've done a lot of NBA talk. It's finally time to talk about our Raptors. Ooh. So something very interesting came into the news this week, and uh, according to ESPN's Dave McManaman. Uh, he found out that there was a trade that almost went down between the Raptors and the Lakers during this offseason. Apparently, the Raptors would have traded for Talon Horton Tucker. Uh, and, the, and included in that trade would have been a first-round pick and Kem Birch. Uh, and I think there might have been some cash considerations there to even it out. Uh, so obviously this trade didn't happen, but surprising to find out that it was close to happening. Um, because earlier, if you remember, there was all those rumors about like OG wanting a trade, this, that, and the other. Um, but there is some truth to the Raptors and the Lakers talking. So how do you feel about this? And would you have wanted to see this trade happen? Um, just the way that the Raptors know how to use a pick, not necessarily. Mm -hmm. I'm not really tied to Cam Birch, to be honest. He's one of those players on the team that I'm like, I don't know what you do well, uh, other than like effort. So I'm tied to his mom. On yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm happy. Yeah. I like kind of the, the familiar thing, uh, <laughs> that aspect of him. But beyond that, I'm like, oh, you're so kind let me of just sick, grab uh, my my low sugar wine and tell you how much I'm attached <laughs> to <Kim Birch's> mom. <laughs> I know, isn't it? And then some of these moms of these NBA players, I'm like, oh, you're not that much older than me. You're like, oh, that's no. also true. Oh no! Oh no! I'm hanging out with the parents of the players. This is who I am now. <laughs> T. Morant, me and him hanging out in the club. I'm like, damn this. This makes more sense. Damn it! I hate oh that. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's I. I. But I'm also. I'm not. I don't also get what people see in Tht. Uh, he's got very long arms and the hairline of somebody much older than him. Uh, he isn't <laughs> scoring it that well. I think he's shooting like eight points or eight points per game right now in Utah, even though Utah's looking great. Uh, he's great as a role player, but uh, how sacred he was to the Lakers made no sense. And then what they traded him for also didn't make any sense. So, yeah, they just, ended up trading him for Patrick Beverly just to make yeah. that clear, but yeah, just didn't really make sense anything. Like, if that was true, then why this? Then this isn't true. Whatever, 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 whichever one you you believed in, the other one doesn't make sense. So, a lot of uh, mistakes on uh, by Rob Palinka, and also I don't know, just having him tied to so many Kyle Lowry traits too was very kind of weird as well, or mm -hmm. just rumors. I should say, I shouldn't say they were actually real things, but mm -hmm. yeah, it's just kind of a a nothing <laughs> on either end for me because I'm like, oh yeah, we'd probably be in the same position right now, but with one less pick. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think, you know, draft picks are um, more valuable than others, depending on the team itself. Right. And I think because the Raptors, at least, you know, since Masai uh, draft so well, 
that a pick I think is more valuable to us than maybe yeah. a team like the Lakers who I don't necessarily think do draft as well. So I, I agree. I don't think he would have been worth losing a first round pick, pr- frankly, at any number. Yeah. Um, I'm not just talking about like a top 10 or top 15. I think at any number, I trust our, I trust our team with our picks. And so I'm glad that this trade didn't happen. Um, although I do agree, like I'm not, I'm not against a Ken Birch trade, but I don't think we should be doing something that's with a first round pick attached to it for, for another role player, basically. Yeah. No, yeah, agree. Cool. Um, another Raptors thing I wanted to talk about. I mean, obviously, like, you know, I feel like this week's been a bit rough. Like we had that heartbreaking loss to the Hawks. And then, Oof. you know, we had a very depleted roster against the Brooklyn Nets who were somehow finding their stride. I mean, I was at the <laughs> airport yesterday, so I didn't get to see the game, but I caught some highlights and I'm just like, oh, no, that's the last thing I want in my life is that team <laughs> figuring things out. But, you know, I, you know, once again, Nick Nurse kind of, went off a bit uh this time it was about gary trent jr talking about how we need more from him on the defensive end i mean this is an interesting one because when he first came to the raptors um with that norm powell trade um you know there were some flashes of brilliance offensively but i agree the defense wasn't there and then last year i felt like he took a huge leap forward defensively like i remember gary trent just like getting all these steals he just felt like he was pit pocketing everybody and I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess this year, maybe it's taken a step back again. I mean, I feel like Gary Trent has it in him. Um, I'm not worried about him. I don't know. It's um, it's yeah, it's interesting to see kind of uh, I think it was like the rapper show. Lou, Lou will um, wrote down all of the you call said outs. Lou will. You said Lou, Lou will. will. Will lose. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, they occupy the same part of my brain and I will use them interchangeably. You ever seen Will Lou with those two wives? It's crazy. Um, but it's, 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 uh, he, he, like, he wrote down all the things of like, uh, of Nick Nurse calling out his players and challenging them. And that was kind of interesting to see. Um, I don't know, I, I, as a basketball player, if that would ever kind of motivate me. I think I need love and affection to be, <laughs> to be, yeah. to be like, to believe in myself. That's how all the coaches who ever got the best out of me got the best out of me by being like, Alan, you can do this and I believe in you. Like, I'm like, yeah, I do too. And I go out there and do it. Um, no, I mean, not to do even more battle of the generations, but it is a bit of a boomer thing, don't you think? To like, a- or to like berate people. Not yeah, that he's but, berating him, but you know what I mean? Like that, tough, that, 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 that tough love thing. Yeah. It's like, well, and, you know, and we're like, no, yeah. We're we like, come on. Feelings. <laughs> we have feelings. Yeah. yeah. There's a happy medium that we could find within there, you know? And I think. Yeah. Well, Nick Nurse is probably like, only Gen X. I shouldn't have called him Boomer. He's Gen X. <gasps> How could you? I did. <laughs> I know he carries around his guitar everywhere. That's Gen X as they come. That's um, <laughs> yeah. play a little free bird. Just gonna do a little free bird right here. That's all right. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, it's 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 um, something that maybe needed because I feel like on the defensive end, the, the person that we always think about at the standout player is OG and his like remarkable DPOI candidate season. Uh, but Gary Trent, even from last season, was giving like under the radar success vibes. You know, I think he had like a sneaky average twenty points a game last season or something like that, uh, and. Yeah, I feel like he's even getting more forgotten this season when a lot of the conversation is the Pascal and 
like uh, Freddie and um, the um, Scotty Barnes, you know. So <laughs> he's kind of getting lost in this whole sauce of this uh, of the of the rappers, no, I, and he's yeah. more stank on his games. I agree. I think he's able to. I think he's more able to thrive um when the you know when the defense doesn't isn't as focused on him frankly you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like i think he kind of operates better as more of like a secret weapon than he is like a main person that we have to rely on and just with all our injuries that's just what it's been um but yeah i i'm not worried about gary trent jr um and you know, I think maybe the defense will come back when he doesn't have to be so heavily relied on offensively and he isn't, you know, constantly back and forth with like a cold and stuff. Yeah. Basically is what I think. Um, I feel like maybe this is one where, you know, I felt a little differently when he, when Nick Norris was calling up Precious Achua because I was like, you know what, there are real inconsistencies in his game and you know, these are real, like, long-term lingering issues where, like, with Gary Trent Jr., like, I do feel like this is more of a short-term thing, hmm. and I do feel like it can come around. Yeah, no, I, I've, I have supreme faith that a player like Gary Trent can do it. Like, I don't see him as a player that I'm like, well, this is the end, this is the decline. I'm like, yeah, this feels like more like a, a, a small bump in the road uh, as far as a very long career that he potentially can have, and I think he's going to be, he'll, he'll do fine. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, now it's time for our Nick Nurse hottie highlight of the week, <laughs> Love of My Life. And uh, some exciting stuff here, if you haven't seen it uh, on uh, the Raptors Republic social media earlier this week, is that I collaborated with uh, Dana, an amazing illustrator, and we created the Nick Nurse Happy and Angry at Refs 2023 calendar. <laughs> so every month is a picture of Nick Nurse happy, smiling, and then another picture of him yelling at a ref. And this was a really fun <laughs> collaboration that we did. Basically, what I did is I combed through the internet and found all these pictures of Nick Nurse with various types of emotions because uh, I love how expressive he is and kind of curated how each month would would be laid out. And then Dana put together these ama- amazing illustrations of all of them and put it together for us just in time for the holiday season. So if you haven't seen that yet, please pick it up. Uh, the shipping's free for Canada and the U.S. I'm so proud of it. I'm so excited about it. It's you know, we're trying to do more merch here at Raptors Republic. And to be honest, I kind of pitched it almost like a bit of a joke. But then they were like, <laughs> we love this. This is amazing. And then they actually made it happen. So shout out to the whole team here. And yeah, the Nick Nurse Happy and Angry at Refs <laughs> 2023 calendar is alive and it's real and it's available now. Save me my copy. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I'm ready for it. It's going to go right I, up there. <laughs> I made one on my own, like as an amateur, just like, yeah. you know, cl- putting clips together and getting stuff like printed. And then I remember, Alan, you were like, that's amazing. You should do that. And I had a few people were like, you should do that. And then I pitched it to Raptors Republic and they're like, we should do that. <laughs> so now it's like a real calendar and it's yeah. really exciting. That's awesome. I thought you were going to pull up some pictures. I was like, ooh, we're going to get some multimedia thing going on right here with the. Okay, well, uh, I do have a producer named Lee, so shout out to Lee. If you know how to physically make that happen, uh, please insert photos of the calendar. (laughs) 
during this segment because as we've established, I am old and I don't know how to do that myself. So, but yeah, you can, if you go to raptorsrepublic.com shop, or I think it's shop.raptorsrepublic.com, uh, you can see the calendar, you can preview uh, all the pictures there. Um, yeah, it's, it's really fun. And Nick Nurse is doing his coaching summit this weekend. Are you going to be there? No, I think it's like you have to actually be a coach. Oh, you can't go like press at all? Uh, if I had my shit together, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if someone else from Raptors Republic will be there. That's yeah. possible. That's very possible because we do have a few yeah. fully credentialed people. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. I didn't mean anyway. for the, the sixth segment to be uh, people, your guests calling you out. <laughs> <laughs> I should be like, how do you feel that there's a coach... 20 years younger than you in the league. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Will Hardy, honestly, kudos, yeah. kudos. I, I know. Thought, like, oh, okay, I'm going to get my coaching, uh, I don't even know, book in order. <laughs> <laughs> I have some plays, uh, one called The Flying V. I saw it in a movie. It works wonderful for hockey. I would love to see it work in basketball. You know? Oh, my God. That's so amazing. <laughs> um, Alan, thank you so much for joining me this week. Yeah, no uh, let everyone know like uh, about your show, where people can find you on the internet. Yes, uh, you can find me on the internet at the Alan Shane on Twitter, A L A N S H A N E, and then uh, Alan Shane on Instagram. Uh, and then the show, uh, the extremely mid-range show, uh, it airs on YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. So follow me on any one of those if you want to follow me on Twitch. It is Shoeless Lewis. If you want to follow me on TikTok, it is Shoeless Lewis. Also at the Extremely Midrange Show. I'm, uh, I post uh, clips from the episodes there. And uh, the next episode is November 30th. Uh, it's going to be a lot of interviews because uh, I'm going out the night before. So I'm, pre I'm preparing myself <laughs> for how much live segments I can do. But I will also be at the Raptors game on the uh, 26th. So uh, nice. if you want to be in a segment... Uh, and you're going to those game uh, shout out or hit me up on Twitter or Instagram. And uh, I'd love to shoot uh, you talking about some stuff. So, yeah. Amazing. The show is anything but mid. Uh, thank you, Alan. Appreciate it. No, thank you so much. Okay. Bye. Bye.